you have your Bibles and would turn with me for just a few moments tonight, I'm going to take you to the second chapter of the book of Mark, Mark chapter 2, and I will begin reading with verse number 1. I think all of you probably heard this story read before, but I would ask you to lend me your ears and your heart for a few moments. And the word of the Lord reads like this. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them, and they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why doth this man thus speak blasphemes? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this wise or this fashion. Everybody said amen. Going back to verse number 3. And they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy. And everybody said amen again. God bless you. Put your Bibles down and let's put our hands together and clap unto the Lord. If you can give me a little monitor, I would appreciate it. God bless you. You may be seated. The story that I read from tonight, we are all familiar with, and it is an extremely interesting and moving story. First, we're moved by the man's problem. Palsy was a disease of the body that uh, would not enable him to function normally, walk, uh, communicate and uh, do things that people would do in a normal life. And then we are not only moved by his problem, but you're inspired by his friends, men that would commit themselves to helping him find help. 
you need to be around friends like that. Amen. Everybody needs friends like that. Friends that will take you to the right place. Amen. Friends that will make sure that if you're not doing good, they'll get you to a place where you will do good. That's the kind of friends you need. And if you don't have those kind of friends, you need to get some new friends. Amen. Somebody said amen. Praise God. And they took this man to the house where Jesus was. And you know the story. Just read it to you. They get there and the house is packed. And there's no way to get through the door. Nobody stepped aside. Nobody made a way for them. And uh, that's the way it is sometimes in life. You just look and every door seems closed and nobody, nobody seems to be interested in wanting to help you. But that didn't stop these men. Somebody saw Ruth and somebody got an idea. And the next thing you know, they're on top of the house and they're digging through the thatching of the roof and uh, trying to get a means by letting their friend down in the presence of the Lord. I read one Bible account that said the roof that they probably uncovered was made of poles that had been laid in a crisscross pattern and mud had been packed down on top of them layer upon layer. And so I can only imagine what it must have been like inside that house while Jesus is trying to minister clods of dirt falling down and people looking up irritated at somebody uh, disturbing their time with Jesus. Uh, these four men, they didn't care. They just kept right on plowing until they had gotten a hole large enough to let the man down and they let him down right in the very presence of the Lord. Folks, if you're going to go anywhere, go to his presence. Praise God. Don't be satisfied on the peripheral. Don't be satisfied in the house. Get to where He is. And, and so the Lord sees their faith and He honors their faith. And, and, uh, and you know the rest of the story. We have always, and I, I have always looked at this particular story from this perspective. That when I read about this man that the Bible describes as being sick of the palsy, I read it with the understanding that his sickness was palsy. That his problem was this problem with his functionality. That his body did not work properly. He was paralyzed and could not walk he could not move on his own and so in my mind when I look at that that's how I perceive that story that this man had a problem and his problem was palsy but I got to looking at this story lately and I kind of got a new perspective on it could it be that instead of this man just being sick of the palsy he was sick of the palsy Could it be that sitting around his house, unable to get out, unable to do what everybody else was doing, could it be that one day this man decided, I'm sick of my problem? Now, we don't know the Bible. We've always laid all 
of the, the praise on the four men, but it could very well be that this man convinced these four men to help him because of the desperation of his heart. He was just sick of the palsy. And my subject tonight is simply this. What are you sick of? Because until you get sick of it, you're never going to be willing to do whatever is necessary to get rid of it. As long as you are willing to live with it and learn how to adjust to it and learn how to go through life handicapped, so to speak, that's all that life is going to bring to you. But when you get tired of being sick, and you get sick of being tired, and you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you're on the verge of a breakthrough. Hallelujah. And until you and I get tired of the way things are, we will never be willing to do what is necessary to get us to the place that we need to get to so we can enjoy and experience the change that we need in our life. And so my question again to you tonight is, what are you sick of? What is it that you've been living with that's handicapped you and hindered you, suppressed you, tormented you, troubled you, dogged you, tormented you? What is it that in your own personal life you tried to get away from, but every time you wake up, it's smiling at you and breathing down your neck again. It's like that cat that you take out on the other side of town or that dog that you take on the other side of town and you drop it off thinking you're rid of him. And then you go back home and home a few days and then all of a sudden you wake up to go out to work and there that little puppy dog is sitting on your doorstep again. You just can't get rid of him. And that's the way it is with some of us. There are problems in our life that we've tried to get rid of. We've driven it to the other side of town and somehow it's found a way to get back to us. Maybe, just maybe tonight, it's time for some of us to get sick of the palsy. Maybe it's time for some of us to say, you know what? I am sick of this kind of trouble. Because until we get sick of this kind of trouble, we're never going to have any kind of desire that will produce the results that we want in our life. And we will never become desperate enough to do whatever is necessary to get the answer that we need in our life. The reason many people live in mediocrity tonight and the reason a lot of us have dumbed our life down and we just learn to live where we live is because it 
takes too much to get to a new place. And it takes too much to have the kind of a home that we want. And it takes too much to have the kind of marriage that we want. And it takes too much to have the kind of relationship that we want. And so we just lower our expectation. We just say, well, you know what? Everybody doesn't get what they want in life. And we allow ourselves to be satisfied with a level of living that God never designed for any of us. I wonder tonight, what are you sick of? Far too many of us are like like the little story of Charlie Brown. He was out in the backyard with his bow and arrow and, and he was shooting at the target. Lucy came along and got to watching him and uh, she noticed that before he would ever pull the arrow back and shoot it, he would go out and uh, he would find the area he wanted to shoot to. And then he would come back over and he would take an aim and he would shoot the arrow. And then he would go over and he would paint a big circle around that arrow. So it made it look like he had hit the bullseye. Lucy finally brought it to his attention. Charlie, that's not how it works. You, 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 you don't go shoot and then draw the arrow. You get the circle and then you shoot. But Charlie Brown said it never works that way for me. My aim isn't good enough or this is not good enough. And so it is a lot of times in life. We draw our circle around the arrow that we've already shot because it takes too much work to really get it where we want it to go or it takes too much effort to get where we need to be or it takes too much prayer or too much humbling to be the kind of person that we need to be and so we just lower our expectation but somewhere in some home in some community around there there was a man that had been sick for a long time with palsy but that that changed that day when he looked at his friends and he said hey guys I I don't know about you, but I'm sick of being sick. And until you get sick of being sick, you're never going to be well. Until you get sick of being sick, you're not ever going to get better. Until you get sick of being troubled, you're never going to get whole. Until you get sick of whatever it is that's bothering your life, You're never going to have the daring or the courage that will get you on your feet and get you started in the right direction. You see, it wasn't until this man became sick of the palsy that he talked his men or his friends into starting out on a journey that would take him to where he needed to be and get him into the presence of the one he needed to be in. And so it is in our lives until we get sick of whatever it is that is troubling us. We're never going to be willing to start the journey that needs to be started to get us where we need to go so we can enjoy what we long to enjoy. My question again tonight to you is what are you sick of? Amen. What are you sick of? We can sit like cripples And we can live like cripples. But I want to ask you tonight, do you really want to be a cripple? Do you really want to live that way? 
We've got a lot of things wrong in our life, and I know that. I, I realize there are a lot of problems in people's lives today. Broken dreams, broken homes, broken people, dysfunctional lives, all kinds of problems. And you can't even pastor or preach anymore without having to be careful what you say because there's so many issues always going on within a church family. But you know what? If you're if you didn't have somebody that was willing to at least address those issues ever once in a while and say there's a way out of that, I wouldn't want to hang around there. So I'm not here tonight to beat you up. I'm not here tonight to talk about your problem. What I'm here to do is point all of us to a solution that when you get sick of it and when you get to that place where you say, you know what, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to be like this anymore. I don't want to act like like this anymore. I'm tired of this misery. You're never going to get out of being that. Amen. You know, I've pastored long enough to realize that there's some people that don't want to change. They like being dysfunctional. And you know what? I've tried to pray God would give me the wisdom to leave those kind of people alone. And just let them be miserable. I hate to say that, but you know what, I've tried to help people that didn't want to be helped. And I prayed for people that didn't really want to be prayed for. And I've even fasted for people that didn't want me to fast for them. And so you know what I've decided? I'm going to quit wasting my prayer and my fasting on people that don't want it. I'm going to find somebody that says, you know what, Brother Hughes, I do want it. I don't know how. I, I don't know even the first step to take, but I want it. And I'm, I, I'm going to go after that person. But I've learned that there are some people that like being the way they are. They like being miserable. They like being a victim all the time. They like feeling like they're always being taken advantage of. I realize that there are a lot of people that are content with their problems. And I, I, I'm, I feel sympathy for them, but I'm not going to waste my time on them. What I'm looking for is that man that's sitting over in the corner or that woman that's sitting at home and they're looking at their life and they're looking at the problem in their life and they're saying, you know what, there's got to be a better way of living than this. There's got to be something better that God has. Surely God didn't mean for me to be like this. Surely God didn't mean my life to be this dysfunctional. I am sick of my dysfunctionality. And when you get sick of it, then you're going to be willing to get up and go do something about it. There are some people that love being sick and so you leave them. There are those who through misguided emotions try to blame others for their problems. And you know what? That's, that's part of life. We, we love to blame others. But whether it's your fault or somebody else's fault, why don't you get it fixed? Amen. I said if it's your fault or somebody, if somebody else did hurt you, why don't you quit letting them hurt you and go get something done about it? Praise God. Well, folks, you know what? Pizza Hut's calling me. If you're not interested, I'll go ahead and close. Anybody here sick of anything? Anybody here know what I'm talking about? You are tired of blaming other, other people. You're tired of, of wishing and thinking that maybe all it took was for a man to look at his buddies and say, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. Can you help me? And those four men 
banded together and pull this man out. I'm looking for those who are sick and they're looking for a way out. Your problem is not too great for him. Your dysfunctionality is not more than he can handle. Your brokenness is not more than he's seen before. Your, your dreams are not broken too much that they cannot be repaired. Or if they cannot be, he can give you a new dream. He can give you a new vision of something better and something grander than you had before. The Bible said that when the clay was in the hands of the potter, he was, def- he was forming a vessel, but there was something in it that wouldn't allow it to be formed in the way that the potter wanted. And so he dug that part out and he smashed that pot or that clay back down to the wheel and then he started making it another vessel. He didn't throw it away to the trash heap. He said, you know what? I see something else in this man. I see something else in this woman. There's something beyond this brokenness. There's something beyond this hiccup in your life. Somebody needs to wake up tonight and realize that that you don't have to be miserable in your life. You don't have to be miserable. Amen. When you get sick of it, when you get sick of it, you'll get ready to do something about it. It doesn't matter what you're sick of. The Lord can help you. And when you get sick of it, you will get up. When you get sick of it, you will do something about it. When you get sick of it, 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 it's what drove Zacchaeus to run ahead of the Lord and climb up into a tree to catch a glimpse of Jesus as he's passing by. What's a wise man? What's a man of renown? What's a city official doing up in a tree? I'll tell you what he's doing up there. He's sick of being Zacchaeus. He's sick of being the man that he's been. He's sick of all of the lies and all of the deceit. He's sick of being the trickster. And he's sick of being the man of sleight of hand. He said, I want to be a different man. And so Zacchaeus climbs up into a tree It's what calls lepers, rejects of society, those men that their community had turned their back on and everybody had given up on. It was what caused ten of those lepers when they saw Jesus passing by one day, lift up their voice and start crying out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a man or a woman that becomes so sick of your condition and so sick of your trouble that you cannot be silent about it any longer. Hallelujah. It's what caused blind Bartimaeus who had made a habit. He had made a life out of it. He had learned the tricks of the trade. He knew what street corner to be on. He knew the Westheimers of that community. He knew what block. He knew there at the intersection of 610 and Westheimer, there were a lot of Mercedes that were going to pass by. He knew there was the wealth of a community that was going to move. He knew where to go with his placard and his sign. But when Jesus came by one day, something woke up inside of him. 
around and said, Bartimaeus, don't you know there's a better way to live than this? Bartimaeus, don't you know there's a better way to live than the way you've been living? And something inside of Bartimaeus became sick of the problem that held his life. And he began to cry out, Oh, my friend, tonight, what are you sick of? Are you sick of mediocrity? Are you sick of spiritual laziness? Are, are you sick of just going through the routine and the motion? That kind of attitude will always bring about a good result. That's the kind of attitude that will take you to the right place. And it will bring you in contact with the right people. And especially into the contact of the right person. You will no longer be a victim of life. But you will be a victor of life. Because you got sick of the palsy. I'm sick of an empty baptistry. You know what bothers me the most about right now? You know what bothers me about this day right now? You know what bothers me about this church right now? Is that somebody can put something on Facebook that is wrong and wicked and vile and instead of it driving us to our face in prayer about the condition of our people or our church, we laugh about it, we gossip about it. You know what? I'm sick of that. I said I'm sick of that. I'm sick of every person whether you're in this building or they're in some other building tonight, that will take this precious Word of God and they will twist it and they will take it apart until they can find a way to do what they want to do no matter what it is and no matter how evil or wicked it is they find a way to justify what they're doing I'm telling you tonight I'm sick of that I'm sick of empty altars where there are no new babies and I'm sick of an attitude in a church family that doesn't give a rip or care whether we have that or not I want to see revival I said I want to see a revival I want to see something wake somebody up and get them off of their pew and get them on their face before God I want to see something shake the very soul of this church tonight hallelujah oh I'm not mad at you I'm, not, I'm just sick I've been sick for weeks. Uh, if, if you heard just a portion of the garbage that comes across my desk on a regular basis of what people are doing, it make all of you sick. It ought to. But you know what I found? It doesn't. We have come to the place in this world where it humors us. It humors us. We laugh about it. We gossip about it. When was the last time you saw something 
somebody put on Facebook that was unchristian, ungodly or whatever, and it drove you to a prayer room or it put you in your prayer closet? When was the last time any of you left this church and you said, you know what? We didn't have anybody receive the Holy Ghost tonight. Am I being mean? I'm not being mean. I'm just sick. I'm sick in the summertime. But I'm going to tell you what, if it was the dead of winter and everybody was here in their place, I'd still be sick because it's not right. I said it's not right. Our eyes are not on souls. When was the last time we taught a Bible study to somebody, tried to help them understand more about the Lord and lead them to a better understanding of God and bring them to a place of relationship with God? When was the last time you did that? When was the last time that you looked around at the attrition? You looked around at the attrition. You look around at the moderation that's going on in people's lives. And some of you don't think I see it. I see it. Oh, yeah, I see it. Matter of fact, I've seen about all of it I want to see. I will say this. I can't control what you do out there, but if you get up here, you made a commitment when you got up here that you were going to live by a higher standard and you were going to live by a higher principle because you were on display for this church. Not only that, you were on display for every person that came. If you stand back there at those doors or you go upstairs to those Sunday school classes, you make a commitment to this church. I'm going to live by a higher level. I'm going to do more than is expected of anybody else because I am in a visible position that people are going to see. I have a responsibility. If you don't like that, you don't have to like it, but you make a commitment to that when you come up here or you stand back there or you go up there or you work with young people or you teach an acts class. Anywhere you go, you make a commitment. God, I'm going to rise to a higher level. I'm going to do what Brother Kilgore said. I'm going to climb higher. I'm going to reach further. I'm going to dig deeper because I am sick of the trouble that our world is in. I am sick of the trouble that our families are in. I am sick. I am sick of the brokenness, the dysfunctionality that is amidst in our world everywhere you look. Families are falling apart. People are giving up and turning around. I'm sick of that. I'm tired of I, I, I'm tired of seeing the devil gain ground inch by inch. And we're like we're not we're much like Nero. Nero fiddled while Rome burned. You know what's interesting? That in the height of the Russian Revolution, in the height of the Russian Revolution, when men and women were losing their lives and their country was being sucked into that godless world of atheism and communism, when it was being pulled into that, the Russian Orthodox Church was meeting in sessions. And you know what they were disturbed about? They were disturbed about the color of the robes that the priests were wearing. 
while their whole community and country was being sucked into communism. All they were worried about was the color of the threads on their robes. Not a lot has changed. I said not a lot has changed. Anybody here sick of anything? I mean, you're really sick of it. Because when you really get sick of it, that's when you'll do something about it. That's right. That's when you'll fall on your face. That's when you'll dig your way into a prayer room. That's when you'll push a plate away. You'll say, you know what, not today. Not today. I need a breakthrough. My family has to have it. My church has to have it. I don't know about anybody else, but it bothers me that we haven't baptized anybody recently. It bothers me that we haven't had anybody receive the Holy Ghost. If, if, if this thing is as great as we say it is, we ought to really have somebody receiving that gift every week around here. Amen. I'm just wondering if some of us are still convinced that it's that great. Amen. I think we do, but I think the same thing has happened to us that's happened to a lot of people. We're like Charlie Brown. We shoot and then we go draw. We shoot and we go draw. Because it's too hard to do it the other way. It takes too much effort, too much practice. It takes too much energy. I wonder tonight, I'm not asking you, I'm not begging you, I'm not even threatening you. If you don't want to do this, that's your prerogative. Not going to be looking around, but I wonder. I wonder what it is that you're sick of tonight. I don't mean you're mad. I don't mean it in that. You know, in our, I, I, I do realize that when we say something like "I'm sick of that," we usually mean we're mad about something. I'm not talking about that. I mean we're sick of it. It, it makes us nauseated. It makes us uncomfortable. It, it stirs something in our inner being that makes us want to see a change and hunger for a change and become desperate for a change. So much so that we would be willing to disturb people. We would be willing to disturb the comfortable. Those that got there early, that got the front row seat. Those that had the first they, they got in line first and got the first ticket. Somebody that's so desperate and the need is so great. They're not worried about disrupting something because what they've got to do is more important than that. And they'll dig a hole. They'll tear the roof off. They'll do whatever is necessary because this man is sick. This man is sick of the palsy. What are you sick of tonight? Are you sick of the devil making inroads into your family? Stealing away children, young people? Are you sick of seeing the commitment level go down, down, down? Are you sick of that on your job? Maybe, you know, it could be something to do with your secular job that that you ought to get sick of, that you as a child of God could 
become a sentinel and make a difference, that you could become a light in a world that's so dark and so lost. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine just yesterday, and he had gone to a store to buy his grandson a rifle, and he had a scope put on it. And when the lady checked out the bill, he was trying to get all this thing together, and he said, I really didn't pay that much attention until I got out in my car. And he said, I sat down in my car, and I realized something's not right here. And so he got his ticket out, and he looked at that ticket, and they had not charged him for that $300 scope. And so he got back out of the car and went back in and uh, went up to the cashier and said, Ma'am, there's been a mistake. And the first words out of the cashier's mouth was, What do you mean bringing it back? He said, Well, you might not have ever known it, but I would have. I said, well, I had the same thing happen to me at Target the other day. I gave a lady a $20 bill, and she counted out change for 100 And I just stood there with the change. I said, ma'am, I don't, I don't want to get you in trouble, but you might ought to recount that. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that we live in a world where cheating is acceptable, where cheating is actually almost an art. Folks, listen to me. I've lived around this a long time, and you can't cheat at church. You can't cheat with God. God may not wrath bring the wrath down on you. He may not kill you. He may not strike you dead, but your life is going to begin to shrivel up and die away if you try to cheat God and shortchange Him. What are you sick of tonight? What is it? that you'd like to see a change in? Is it a Sunday school class that's stagnant? Is it an Acts program that needs a new infusion of God's power? Is it, is it a family that needs to be drawn back together? Anybody here sick enough to get up and get started doing something about it? Is there anybody here sick enough to get out of your pew and say, you know what, Brother Hughes, I've got to see a change in this situation. I've got to see a change in this situation. I've got to have it tonight. I've got to let, something's got to begin tonight. I may not see the final resolution of it tonight, but I've got to have something tonight. Is there anybody here tonight that's sick enough of whatever it is that's troubling your family? that you would get up and get started moving in a direction that will bring about a change that is needed for your family. Hallelujah. Anybody here tonight troubled enough that you would fall on your face before God and begin to cry out for souls? Is there anybody here tonight that's sick enough of the condition of the world that they would lift up their voice and begin to plead for revival in this hour.